And now, streaming live from Chicago, Illinois, to the entirety of the world, it's the comedy show with a podcasting habit, Starlight Radio Dreams! Tonight, we bring you more new comedy than you can shake a stick at from six feet away. Prepare your ears for Under a Rock, Sleigh Bells, Boozlers in the Basement, Samuel Spruce, the Little Wooden Boy, and The Problem. Now, here is your host, a man who hates smoking tobacco and smoking guns, but loves smoking jackets, Burlington Showtime! Let me tell you, it's good to be back in the old Fez once again. Uh, I was trying out a different smoking hat, and I tell you, I did not like it. But I pulled out uh, all the old classics just for you, and I hope that uh, I hope that uh, everything is working properly, and that you got to hear all of that. Uh, I want to thank our new announcer, Fox Opulence, who uh, just uh, led us into the show. Very exciting. And, uh, yeah, ooh, we've got some good comments already going on in the stream, and we already have uh, a Instagram response. Uh, so keep those coming. Feel free to ch- uh, show us how you're getting cozy for the show and uh, and tag Starlight Radio Dreams at Starlight Radio Dreams on the Instagram uh, so that we will be sure to see it and the uh, the PA will send it across to me to make sure I get to uh, comment on it. So thank you to Anne who sent one in already. Uh, Lately, I've been thinking about the old days, you know, before the Twitters and the YouTubes of the world came along, before we had to worry about what color suit we wore for TV appearances, and the newspaper was essential if you wanted to know who was the president or when the meat raffle was going to be. Now, I know you're accustomed to people like me calling those simpler days, and I think that's all down to memory loss, to be honest with you, but old Burlington Showtime, mind like a steel trap. I remember what a pain it was to walk around town all morning long collecting all the hot gossip. Uh, Trust me, if you've seen all the old movies and you think, golly, they're spending a lot of time just wandering around saying hello to everyone, that was all we had, and it was exhausting. My brother, though, was a master at it. Uh, You may know him better as Devin's father. Uh, He had that stupid look that kids get until they're old enough to buy matches. You know the one. Adults just said stuff around him. Heck, sometimes just straight to him. One day, uh, while we were setting pine cones on fire, he told me about how he, uh, how he was getting matches from Mrs. Pingree in exchange for not telling anyone about why her dresses were always so wrinkly in the afternoons. The point is, collecting all that information took up all sorts of time, and I dare say if Twitter had been around, we'd have had the time to invent smartphones to use it on. I do think we benefited from it, though. Now that I can find out why the dresses of people I've never met are wrinkled in a photo I wouldn't have seen in the first place, I have so much more time to think about myself. You know, once in 1922, I stepped in some gum, and in trying to get it off my shoe, I somehow kicked Florence Lawrence in the knee. She looked so shocked. So shocked. God, the mortifications. It's easy to get in your own head. Do you ever think about all the things you're not thinking about? Have you considered all the things you're not thinking about? There's so many. 
to deal with that overwhelming, uh, perhaps something simpler. I think we've got a piece that sounds pretty simple queued up for our first one of the evening. This is a fabulous pop culture uh, show that was sent in and is uh, now part of the Showtime Podcast Network. Uh, the title is a little different for this pilot episode, so please enjoy Under a Rock. It's time for Entertainerator Pop Culture Roundup with Zap and Kaz, keeping you up to date on all the latest developments from the 21st century's most important medium, television. Stay on the pulse of conversation and avoid becoming irrelevant with Zap and Kaz in Entertainerator. Hey everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Entertainerator. We're just coming back from a little break and stoked to be on the mics again. Yeah, I'm so glad to be able to record again. Thanks for coming out here to record, Zap. You bet, Kaz. Feels like the least I can do. Still, thanks. For the listeners, I was out hiking last month when a boulder came and rolled over me. I'm mostly okay, but it's sitting on my chest and the forest rangers are having trouble getting me out. The big boulder is caught on a bunch of smaller rocks. It's not killing me at the moment, but they have to be really careful or they might crush me while trying to help. They really are trying to help. But we're not going to let that stop us from recording! The boulder is really heavy, but I am happy to get on the show again. That's the spirit. So, let's get on with the show. We've got updates from Rocket Riders, Jane Austen versus the world, and Breaking 50% More Bad. However, this last week was a big bombshell on Super Sexy Space Dragons 1286, and it has eclipsed all other pop culture news. So, you know, we gotta talk about that first. I'm actually a couple weeks behind. It's hard to stay up to date because... Oh, of course! My folks came out to bring me supplies a couple days ago, but they're not really into 3SD1286. Maybe you could just tell me what happened. Yeah! Episode synopsis! Great idea! There was so much going on. We picked up this episode from last week when the regent called for a battle of the bands to settle things in the kingdom. It was all down to the five biggest bands in the show. Zatara's band Almost Flamous, as well as Dragonomics, Dragona Make You Dance, Dragon Too Soon, and Dragon It Out. Of course, Almost Flamous was last in the lineup, so we got lots of time with Zatara backstage getting ready while Flamon tried to sabotage the other band's confidence by stirring up drama. Wow. I really got into this episode. The music was amazing, and it was nice to have this rock-heavy soundtrack really pull me out of my head. I think I enjoyed the rest of the episode a little more because of it. I'm not really into rock. Of course, the throne was still in contest after the big revelation that Zatara is actually Flamon's mom, and now she wants him to move out of the castle basement and get a real job. My mom keeps asking when I'm going to get myself out from under this boulder. Ooh, of course. Flamon's secret identity would be compromised if anyone found out, and it's icky. So they had to think really hard about if they wanted to go through with their laser wedding. Check out my theory, though. I wonder if that guy Flamon killed at the beginning of the season was actually his dad. I'm making a video essay paralleling it to the Greek. I feel like I don't have any ability to pick myself up and get things done. Like, I'm fine, mostly. I should be able to manage, but... 
Hey, we all have times like that. But I don't want to chase you away by always asking you to come help me deal with stuff all the time. I know your life is going fine. And... Well, I I've got a lot of deadlines. Sorry, I, I know you're under a lot of pressure right now, too. Oh, look, man, we all get our escapes somewhere to help us deal with shitty stuff. That's why we got into making Entertainerator in the first place. And I want to be a good participant. It's just like there's this enormous weight on my chest holding me down. Yeah. Plus there's this boulder. Hey, what do you say we just call that the episode and watch some 3SD 1286 together on my phone? I'd like that. And that's another episode of Entertainerator, the show that brings you all the pop culture you should have already consumed. Unless you've been living under a rock, that is. Join Zap and Kaz again next time for another deep dive into the important developments in the lives of made-up people whose decisions and actions have no bearing on your life. Keep yourself from the anguish of being spoiled for another week and subscribe now to Entertainerator. Wow, um, I'm told I should let you know that that was hashtag relatable, whatever that means. Now, friends, I've got to say, we are very excited for the shows that we are about to put on. We've got some pretty big plans and some very exciting new things on the horizon. I know I say that a lot, and it's almost always true. Uh, and to be honest with you, I think 2021 is going to be just fine. After all, we had all of 2020 as a sort of tech rehearsal. Now, if you're not from the theater or film communities, allow me to tell you that that metaphor is incredibly apt. Tech rehearsals are the worst. Even the tech people, for whom they are most beneficial, hate them deeply. It's mostly about standing around and f swearing it at the different cables until everything works. And you know that someone's going to make you change everything at the last minute. Anyhow, 2021 should be free of most of that because we're, uh, you know, we're practiced now. We all know exactly how to do an eight-month lockdown. Yes, that's right. I said it. Now, all that being said, the best way to get through all of this is together. And luckily, we've got you and you've got us. And we appreciate you being here so very much. To our Patreon backers and the general admission ticket holders, you are the reason we do this show. We could do it alone, but why would we? What would be the point? I ask you. We do it for you, and hopefully you're enjoying it. So please, do. Let us know what you're enjoying about the show. Let us know your favorite bits. And, uh, you know, in case you have to be reminded what time or day or month it is, uh, there's, um... You know, there, there's, a, there's a constant frisson of tension in the air. Everyone is wandering around in the dark, muttering to themselves, and we need to be reminded of our schedules every 15 minutes, ideally by someone in a black shirt and headset. And that's how tech rehearsals work, right? Now, before we move into our next sketch, I do want to ask you a question so you can respond in the chat and uh, let us know what you're thinking and feeling. Uh, are you bothering to make any plans for 2021 and... If so, what? What are you excited about? Uh, now, I think, I think we should transition to our next piece. We are thrilled to bring you a brand new serial tonight, listeners. We begin our story in January. The holidays are over and it's easy to be a little bit glum. But here is the story of three best friends and co-workers, Edith, Ethel, and Ruby. Three female-identifying, smart, and savvy Southerners 
as they begin their new year. Picture, if you will, a small three-bedroom house. It's modest if you don't notice the Maserati with the weapon rack in the garage. Let's peek inside and see what's going on with the Sleigh Bells! I guess it's finally time to take the decorations down. Taylor Swift says this is our house. We make the rules. Maybe we could leave them up a little longer. We worked so hard for the last couple months. I know the holidays are over, but I'd like a little cheerful decor while we take some R&R. That's fine with me, but what I want to know is why work didn't officially approve us to travel. It's our usual vacation after massive overtime. We completed the entire inventory check. I assessed and repaired all equipment. We should be good to go. I know we're going to have to face the monsters sooner or later, but in the meantime, we'll enjoy our staycation. I don't want to see another cubicle demon till April. Maybe I'll work on a new hairstyle. This pixie cut has served me for years, but maybe I can consider changes while we're on break. Really, Edith? I mean, your petite but lethal library chic is perfect. But what do you want to do with that little brunette curly crop? I don't know. Maybe grow it? Pigtails? Nothing as complex as Ethel's 45-degree feathered flip or your bigger-the-hair-closer-to-God aesthetic. The 45-degree flip is not that hard. The wrist work with the curling iron is a lot like eviscerating a werewolf. Oh, really? It's that easy? Sleigh bells, Ruby speaking. All right, Ruby, we're going to need you to come in. Come in today? We're on leave. Busy season is over. We resolved every escalation from October 31st to New Year's. While all the rest of America had their holidays, we... Fine, fine. We're on it. Looks like the office gets to see how cute we look today. Like the break room zombies even notice. Never mind, we got shit to do. Grab your backpacks. Move out, sleigh bales. <laughs> Ethel, did you sew those googly eyes on our backpacks? Sure did. Also, there's new strawberry lip gloss in the littlest pocket. Aw, thank you! See, you complain, but I think you are looking forward to getting back in the action. I'm happy to be with you, not the cubicle demons or the break room zombies. Let's go. How about driving the monster Maserati like a damn witch? You happy about that? Reckon I am. There's the office building. Oh my god, there's a perfect parking spot! (laughs) That never happens. Let's go, sleigh bales. Thank heaven, the sleigh bells are here. Don't you worry, sir. We'll take it from here. The elevators have been jammed all morning. I'm on it. Oh, God, I wondered if you still wore the red and green uniforms in January. Those are so great. Look at the tinsel. It's titanium armor, sir, not tinsel. Now go on. I think it's gremlins in the elevator. Yes, sir, we know. Thank you. You go on now. Why didn't you evacuate with the rest of your co-workers? Oh, I just... I'm such a fan. Uh, I wondered if you'd sign an autograph. Well, bless your heart. That's sweet. But that's a really unwise risk you're taking. Elevator doors are about to open. Ruby, we don't have time for this. You go on outside and tell you what, we'll all sign a memo on our way out. I'll be right outside. You'll be at least 100 feet from any entrance or window. Now get. What'd you use, Edith? It's kind of like a taser in the jaws of life had a baby, but a real smart one. Should short out the systems and open all elevator doors, but keep the rest of the building running. (laughs) 
Edith, you're not just cute. Your devices are elegant. Oh, thanks, Ruby. Help me! Help me! He's coming from inside the shaft. Please help me! Sleigh bells are here. Please state the nature of your emergency. The gremlins tied me up. Please help me down. They have a hostage up there? How are we going to... Ruby, get back! Elevators make a lot of noise when they crash. Looks like the gremlins chewed entirely through the elevator cable. Bless your heart, Ruby. You should not have fallen for that. What can I say? My heart is indeed tender. Heads up. Gremlins descending. Surprise! <laughs> How's everybody doing? Fine. Should have a lot of them in... Ow! Just a few. Ow! Get off of my hair! Yum, yum. All right, no more strawberry lip gloss. Ethel, after all the creepy monsters we've ever fought, you really think your lip gloss is what's making that gremlin want to eat you? Yum, yum. Not today, Satan! Do not flatter them, Edith. <laughs> all right, then. Up to the fourth floor, then. Uh, Suppose we take the stairs, don't you? I reckon so. Okay, fourth floor looks like. What kind of office is this? They're all so generic. It's a startup. They got ping pong and beanbag chairs. Like I said, all the same. Sure is trash to heck. Post-holiday gremlins will do that, I guess. You think we got them all? It might have been the gremlins. Might have been a shitty boys club that cannot differentiate between their frat house and place of business. Sounds like we need to do a little more unpacking of Ruby's college days. Oh, heads up. Welcome to the party. (laughs) Guess we didn't get them all then. I will hold this lot. I have wanted to pull out these short swords for ages. You two go on and get the cubicle demons. There are cubicles everywhere. How do we know which ones have demons? Spooky red steam coming from the collaborative open pod. Okay, yeah, I guess that'll do it. And everyone knows those are just noisy and make it impossible to get anything done. This is going to be a meeting from hell. Mm hmm, lasers on ultra. <laughs> Oh no. Is he laser resistant? It's fine. IT may be my department, but I am happy to unplug when the time is right. Double bladed scimitar it is! Time for a deep dive on our three buckets. Oh, not today, Satan! (laughs) Okay, I guess that's a little more appropriate here, but still, you're giving him way too much credit. And you aren't giving me enough. I got this. You go find the break room zombies. Walk me through the document. Ugh. All right, then. Well, that smells like single-serve vanilla hazelnut coffee. And those are zombies. All right. Well, so much for hunting. Hey, zombies. I can hear you. You have ten seconds to give me a reason not to tear you to pieces. Appeal to your humanity or whatever. Uh, uh, hang on. We got a good one. Is that so? I'm all ears. I'll count to three. One, 
to... Not today, Satan! Sounds like he's having fun. Three. Well, what you got? I feel like I'm just rotting at my desk. I said a reason, not another dumb office joke, damn break room zombies. You know what this sound is? <laughs> it is the sound of sleigh bells ringing in your ears and blowing your minds. Or rather, blowing up your mind like in skulls. How's it going, Ethel? Oh, hey, Edith. Looks like good timing all around. Looks like good timing all around. Ding, ding, sleigh bells ring. That means we won. Can't wait to take a lilac bubble bath, though. Cubicle demons just smell like ass. Same. On the bubble bath, zombie smell is more like mold? Blight? Let's put that fine point on it later, okay? Edith, is the building secure? Scanning complete in three, two, one. Seems fine, though... My scanner doesn't seem to be quite functioning proper. I guess we better search the rest of the building then. Oh, that was amazing! The way you three just swept in and took care of those monsters. Sir, we appreciate your kind words, but you really should not have come back in here. We have not confirmed that the building is secure. I always wanted to see you in action, and today I just... I just... Wow. Sir, you need to go back downstairs. You three are goddesses. Say, do you actually travel in a sleigh? Oh, my lands. Is it weird if I ask if you're all single? Oh, that's enough of that bullshit. (laughs) No, no, not me. How could you do that? Edith, what are you doing? Hang on, let me slice down the front. I think the real question is why is he still talking when she stabbed him in the skull? A body snatcher? Thought so. Well, that's just great. This is not who I am. I'm not like other guys. I'm one of the good ones. Don't make so many assumptions. Could we maybe take this conversation offline? You can take yourself off world. You don't have the bandwidth. Sleigh bells, I hate to admit it, but I'm not finishing this in a timely manner. Could I get... May I add a little short sword to your scimitar? Yeah, you got an omni-channel bleeding edge, dipshit. Meet Ethel's shotgun. Well then, Happy New Year, Sleigh Bells. Ruby, can your New Year's resolution to be not to let that tender heart of yours put you in danger quite so often? Hey, now. I think our New Year's resolution ought to be not working extra hours without overtime and hazard pay when we should be on vacation. What were they going to do if we didn't come in? The fact that we render essential work ought to render decent compensation, Ruby. All right, y'all. We are done fighting for the day. Monsters, our employer, and each other. Home. Bubble baths. And tomorrow, we'll search for what portal all those little beasties came through. And demand overtime. Perfect. I love a team plan. Group hug. We all stink, so it should be fine. Ding dong ding, let the sleigh bells ring. To the Maserati. Oh, what a delightful new team. Why is there an influx of new monsters in the city? What different bubble bats scent do they each prefer? Will they succeed in fighting for overtime? I guess we'll all have to tune in next time to find out on Sleigh Bells. <laughs> Wasn't that delightful? 
I know I enjoyed it. I even got to say extra bits in it, which was fun. That's always good for me. Uh, now, I've got to say, uh, you did not disappoint in the chat. Very amusing. I love that the consensus was that it was best to not make plans, and all of your plans seem to be to just continue enjoying the show. So, um... I think I'll encourage that. That seems like a great plan from where I'm sitting as the person who is part of the show. So, uh, all that being said, which is my favorite transition, uh, I, I think with all the new stuff that we've got going on, it's comforting to have something familiar on the docket. So we are thrilled to have received a fresh update from the Station Inn in Nashville, Tennessee, the Boozlers. I have them on the line here. Let me just uh, pull that up here. Hey there, Mr. Showtime. We're still trapped down here in the basement of the Station Inn. We being me, my bass playing cousin Glade, and my singing cousin Beulah. Eugene, what do you call me now? Sorry about that. Supreme Domino of the basement, Beulah. Glade, did you have anything you wanted to say to Mr. Showtime and the Starlight audience? Well, I was going to say I hope they had happy holidays, Glade, but you just beat me to it. Too bad that's the only thing you've been beating anyone to. Your losing streak has been pretty bad, cousin. Glade, pay attention. If you don't catch these grapes in your mouth, you don't get to eat for another hour. Now, you may wonder what's going on here. Well, we Boozlers made a New Year's resolution to get a little more fit. Beulah made an obstacle course we've been running through, sometimes with Rufus the Alligator chasing us uh, just up the speed a little bit. Then Beulah began adding in elements of all the board games we found in the closet and up in the stakes, and boy, she's been winning like crazy. Eugene, did you just refer to me without my title? Sorry about that, Supreme Domino of the Basement Beulah. Also... Who are you talking to? Just making a little recording for Mr. Showtime and Starlight Radio Dreams. Well, for goodness sake, let's give him the new song of my empire. Yes, Supreme Domino of the Basement Beulah. Shoots and ladders, obstacle course. Glade keeps getting caught up in the mousetrap. Everything about this basement's a little bit darker, a little more Hasbro, a little competitive. Glade thinks he can be the umpire, calling all the shots out like he sees them. But that's cause he lost at chess and checkers and guess who? Then a beat him at Clue. And I'm not done, I'm not through. Eugene's caught in my last swamp. In Boozler Candyland, the floor is lava. Now he's not allowed to cross the room till I say so. Now give me some queso with corn chips and salsa. My cousin, you must serve me. Challenge me to a round A boggle supplemented by some scrabble Building words from ladder tiles The winner gets more food The winner gets more booze The winner takes everything Now I'm sitting high on my throne Drunk on all my power like an empress Summoning my subjects to play more operation And then aggravation Expanding my nation Let's play some tiddly wings Then bake some 
Shrinky dinks, but don't you eat them. Just because we put them in the oven doesn't make them snacks. I don't care how hungry you are. And more importantly, they're mine. Now, for those of you who can't see uh, how this obstacle course works, first there is a stack of napkin boxes that is shaped a bit like a pyramid. Once you get past that, you have to go under all the brooms and then run across a treadmill made out of all the kegs that have been emptied in the time that we've been here. Still I know we're all children's trapped Until someone makes an intervention Our only promise to cater Is Rufus the Gator The Boozlers are Making the best of We're making the mess of So come on down To play with us Shoots and ladders, obstacle course. Shoots and ladders, obstacle course. Thanks for staying in touch, Mr. Showtime, and New Year's greetings from the Boozler family. All right, let's go, cousins. Time for our next event. Yes, Supreme Domino of the Basement Beulah. Get in place for Hungry, Hungry Hippos. I'm feeling generous. It is Rufus's favorite. Oh, dang, he woke up. Run! Ah! Wow, that sounds absolutely terrifying. I'm so glad I'm nowhere near where that's happening. But, um, someone check on them? Did we... I thought we sent someone. Who was in charge of that? I don't think it was me. Regardless, I did want to bring up that Sam Locke, who is constantly associated with uh, pieces that Eugene sends in, and Cat Evans, whose name was also on that piece, have been working together on a film which was directed by Mr. Locke. It's called The Fiendish Machinations of Lex Luthor, and it's a loving parody and fan film tribute to classic characters of the Superman comics, movies, cartoons, and movie serials. A unique comedic take on Superman featuring puppetry, this short film finds Superman putting a stop to Lex Luthor's scheme to use a giant robot to take over Metropolis. But it seems this is only the beginning of Lex's scheme. The film finds a way of poking fun at the Superman myth using a puppet Martian Grey to portray Clark Kent slash Superman. And doesn't that sound fun? It's a finalist for the best comedy in the Beyond the Curve International Film Festival in Paris, France. So we should all give them a round of applause from wherever you are, even though they can't hear it, uh, for getting into that competition. It sounds very exciting, and I have it on good authority that they're going to find out the uh, results of that competition in the next 24 to 48 hours or so. So uh, we're, we're potentially on the eve of, of a big discovery or big announcement. Very exciting, very exciting stuff. And it reminds me of the time I was in Paris for the international release of Birds 2. More birds! It was an amazing time. And the first time I'd had a Europe, had European absinthe. On an unrelated note, I'd gone stag to this, uh, to this party, and it wasn't until I got home and we saw the press that surely noticed that I'd had my shoes on backwards the entire time in front of all the biggest stars. God, just thinking about it now makes me sick. Mind you, we 
We all have those lists of mortifications. I will resist asking you for yours, despite the fact that I am meant to ask you questions so that you have something to respond to in the chat. So maybe tell me something that you did that you're proud of, that you want uh, because you want to deflect from that idea, or give us some favorite moments from something that we did. And speaking of keeping things optimistic, our next short sounds charming, warm, and optimistic indeed. It's a children's story after all. This one's titled Samuel Spruce, The Little Wooden Boy. Yeah? Good afternoon. Am I speaking to David Flanahan? Yeah. Wonderful. David, I'm calling today with an exciting new offer from the makers of Zoip Mobile. If you're like most people, David, you have trouble syncing your Android with your iPhone apps. But now your troubles are over thanks to Periwinkle Gold. Oh. Uh, hello. Good afternoon. Am I speaking to Jason Flank? How's it going, Spruce? Oh, it's marvelous, Mr. Johansson. I think I'm really starting to understand the script. Cool, good. What'd I tell you? Stick to the script. Stick to the script, right. Uh, you had your lunch break yet? Oh, I don't eat lunch, Mr. Johansson. I'm a little wooden boy with no stomach, nor lungs, nor heart to speak of, I'm afraid. All right. Well, uh, you still gotta finish your W-4, so get that done before the day's over, okay? Yes, sir, Mr. Johansson. I just know if I can earn a proper living to support my papa and myself, I should become a real boy in no time. All right. Get back to it. Yes, sir, Mr. Johansson. Hello? Good afternoon. Am I speaking to Matilda Feeney? Yes, that's me. Wonderful. Matilda, I'm calling today with an exciting new offer from the makers of Zoip Mobile. Who is this? Oh, I... Robert, is that you? I'm afraid not, Matilda. My name is Sam Spruce, the little wooden boy. My friends call me Sam, and I should be quite delighted to count you among my friends, Matilda. Stick to the script. Oh, um, yes. If you're like most people, Matilda, you have trouble syncing your Android with your iPhone apps. My what? Your, um, that is? I don't really understand iPhones, young man. To tell you the truth, Matilda, I don't entirely understand them myself. I've only just learned of them today, but I promised my papa that I would apply myself industriously to the betterment of the world, and I do believe that this is a good place to start. Oh, that's so nice. Young people these days only care about the rock music. Rock music? I should think that would sound terribly unpleasant. Oh, it does, but they love it anyway. Well, I certainly don't wish to tell anyone else how they might enjoy their time, but that sounds quite unusual to me. Oh, you sound like such a lovely boy, Sam. Thank you, Matilda. You sound like quite a delightful person, and to tell the truth, your kindness has been a rare spot of sunshine for me today. I certainly don't mean to voice a complaint, but this strange new world has been a bit challenging. New world? What does that mean? Well, you see, Matilda, I was born in the dark, dark forest, just outside the sleepy little village of Bungleheim. My papa was a toy maker there. 
the most beloved toy maker in the whole village. Oh, that sounds lovely. My father was a cow knacker. A cow knacker? Why, whatever is that? Oh, he's the one who knocks the cow on the side of the head with a hammer so it's easier to cut his throat. Oh. 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 Tell me more about your papa, Sam. Oh, yes, well, Papa was not a wealthy man, but he never lacked for anything. That is, until the Helen of Toy multinational conglomerate set up a store just outside the little village of Bungleheim. Their doors could talk, their trains could move, and their fairly immersive VR headsets could fully immerse. Whatever that means. It sounds like a kinky German thing. Perhaps. But whatever it was, my poor papa feared he would go out of business. So he journeyed deep into the dark, dark forest and cut a bough from an ancient spruce tree, which the elders said was planted by the fairy folk in days of yore, and he carved a little wooden boy from it. And the little wooden boy came to life? Not quite yet, I'm afraid. You see, it would appear that the fairy folk had indeed planted the old tree, and it turns out fairy folk are quite possessive of their personal property, and are terribly impatient with old toy makers who cut branches from trees without asking permission. Good for them! My grandson's rotten college roommate stole my newspaper once. I called him up and gave him a piece of my mind. You have my sympathies, Matilda, but I fear the fairy folk's solution was a little different. Did they visit your papa's house late at night? They did. Did they cast a spell and bring the little wooden boy to life? They did. Did they tell him that he could be a real boy one day if he was honest and good? They did not. Not quite. Not entirely. Oh. They told me that. If I wanted to become a real boy, I must cut open my thieving father's chest with a butcher knife and eat his heart. Oh my! But I told them, I don't think I will. Well, that was very polite of you. I said, friends, I shall become a real boy. I shall do it by being virtuous, by being honest and industrious and good. Oh, hooray! And what did they say? Why, they laughed for 17 uninterrupted seconds. Oh. And then they left. Oh. Still laughing. Oh. But I turned to my papa and I told him, I don't care what they say, papa. I love you and I shall do everything I can to become a real boy and a prop to you in your old age and a son of which you could be proud. Oh, that's so adorable. Adorable. That's very kind of you, Matilda. Well, I hope your papa is half as proud of you as I am, Sam. I hope so too, Matilda. Did he tell you he loves you too? I fear not, Matilda. Not quite, not, not entirely. I'm afraid papa took his wood-cutting axe down from the wall and swung it at me, screaming that I was going to eat his heart. Oh dear. I tried to assure him I had no designs on patricide, let alone complicating the matter with cannibalism, but I fear he was in no mood for rational debate. Men are like that sometimes. So I ran and ran until I came to the big city and found a job so as not to be a burden to my poor papa. Well, that's wonderful. Wait, did this just happen? Oh yes, only this morning. 
And I know that someday I shall become a real boy and Papa will see that I have neither the ambition nor the compulsion to cut him open and devour the central muscle of his circulatory system. Well, that's just... lovely. Thank you, Matilda. Now, I wonder if you'd be at all interested in hearing more about the Zoip mobile app, which syncs all your official and third-party apps into a single operating system. I don't know what that is. Neither do I, but it sounds very useful. Spruce, hang up the phone. Um, I'm sorry, Mr. Johansson? Hang up the phone. Who's Mr. Johansson? I think I may finally be making a sale, sir. I'm Matilda. Spruce. I'll stick to the script, Mr. Johansson. I promise. Great. I got your W-4 here. Yes? For your address, you wrote The Little Blue Cottage, Three Score Steps from the Dark Dark Forest. Yes. And for your social security number, you wrote 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9. Yes. And for your emergency contact, you put That Dog That Dragged Me Out From Under the Truck. Yes. Are you actually allowed to work here, Spruce? Well, I suppose that's up to you, Mr. Johansson. You're fired. Oh. And I'm afraid that was the end of my employment. Yes, I was quite worried as well, but then as the sun was setting, I happened upon you all in this wonderful dumpster you call home. Oh, thank you too, kind rodents. You're truly the most charming, generous, and large rats I've met in my brief life. And I cannot thank you enough for this shelter from the coming rain. And I'm so glad you're enjoying this moldy cheese I found under that passing gentleman's shoe just after he spat on me. Hey, now, what do you think you're doing there, Sonny? Good evening, officer. I was just thinking of turning in for the night, having no books nor televisions for my own diversion or self-improvement, but I promise you, officer, I shall be up with the sun to seek out gainful employment. I don't care what you do with your day, Sonny, but you can't be sleeping in that dumpster. It's private property, you hear? But, officer, a storm is coming and I fear I'm not sufficiently varnished to withstand the rain and I haven't so much as a tuppence for the local inn. I don't know what a tuppence is, but the nearest hostel's ten bucks a night. Oh. Come on, get out. You don't have to go home, but you can't stay here. Yes, officer. Farewell. Friendly rodents. It's quite all right. The officer is only doing his job, after all. Besides, surely your warmth and friendship shall guard me from the damp. And the twisting. And the splitting. And the other forms of permanent water damage. Farewell, friends. If you should see my papa, please tell him I thought of him as I burst and collapsed into a pile of inoperable limbs and splinters. All right, all right, hold on. Yes, officer. I know I'm gonna regret this, but just for tonight, you can sleep under the dumpster. Truly? Oh, thank you, officer. I'm sure that will shield me from most of the rain. Well, don't say I never did nothing for you. Certainly not, officer. All right. I'm going to go arrest some bums for sleeping on park benches. You stay out of trouble now. Absolutely, officer. What a kind person. Let me just squeeze under here. 
Ah, perfect fit. I'm so lucky to be a little wooden boy. I fear a grown man would not quite fit under here. Look at me, friends. My first day in the big city and already I've a roof over my head. I wonder what opportunities tomorrow will bring. Wow, that one got dark in a delightful way. How fabulous. I don't know about you, but I'm a big fan of Samuel Spruce already, and I'm excited to see where his adventures take him next. But for now, uh, I, I've got to say, uh, the chat remains very uh, exciting, if not on topic. Uh, so, uh, you know, go on without me. You're doing grand. Enjoy yourselves. This is going wonderfully. And I love seeing all of you so engaged in the pieces that you're hearing. And yes, the rats did finally make sense, didn't they? But for now, we once again look out our window to the stars, which makes me very glad that I didn't let Shirley turn it into a window of opportunity. I'm still not entirely sure what that would even have been. Regardless, join me in gazing into the depths of the Milky Way galaxy, where once we might have looked for the little red rocket that carried Chuck Codger and his crew. Today, we look to an earlier time of the UGFAP before the Kirk War. Because if there's one thing we've learned, space prequels are always a success every single time. We the people of the United Galactic Federation of associated planets declare space to be the dominion of humans. Captain, it's time for you to record the log for the UGFAP exercise. That is the name of the ship. Sorry, I'm just excited about the log titles. Already? But nothing's happening and I don't feel like making up some metaphor about space that I can wax philosophical about. I'll record one in a few days when we drop off this cargo. Nothing. These logs get transmitted straight back to UGFAP command. The really good ones get turned into holovids for the theaters. It is the job of a communications officer to make sure that these logs are compelling, relevant, and marketable when possible. Lieutenant, you've got to have something we could talk about for a log. We have traveled six light years. Hardly exciting stuff, is it? Science? Uh, radiation levels are abnormally high on the aft shielding. Well, that's weird, right? How high? A couple of rads. I wouldn't have even brought it up, but... A couple rads? Maybe we can work with that. What could that possibly be? Theories? Mm, supernova? Pretty far away? Thruster shielding leak? How about an alien with godlike powers, but no communication skills? What is it about becoming a communications officer that makes you assume everything is a first contact? You're right. Still. Shielding leak, huh? Small one, but sure. Well, what do we do for that? We send a team to assess the situation, put security on alert, and make sure that these zero-pressure suits are checked ahead of the potential hull repair spacewalk. On it, sir. What? All the stuff the captain just said. I'll get it going. What are you talking about, Lieutenant? You sit back down in that spinny chair. We need to have this stuff going on while the captain records the log. 
I will not be the communications officer turning in the boring log entries. Understood. I get that you have a mandate, but I've never had a comms officer so into this part of the job before. No offense, but I was two points away from being placed on the business. Two points. If Erickson slips up even a little in her logs, I want to be right there to snatch that assignment. Sure. So I would really appreciate it if we could make this look good. Yeah? Sure. I can give it a little extra something. Command deck at the ready? Aye, Aye, Captain. Captain. Great. Comms, activate the yellow alert noise. Uh, Captain, can we do red alert instead? I, I get that it's louder and worse, but the noise is a little less aggravating. I understand, Science, but honestly, the yellow is stretching it. Tell you what, I'll have comms shut it off right after we start. It's so obnoxious. Yeah, I don't know how anyone's supposed to deal with an emergency when it's going off. Just when I do this with my hand, turn it off. That won't come across in the recording, sir. It is very alarming. True. Thank you, Lieutenant. I'll start to say it again, you know, in case they can't hear it the first time. Will that work for you, comms? Thank you, Captain, yes. All right, comms, hit the yellow alert then. Start the log recording. Start the... Shrock. You were supposed to do the gesture. We didn't start the recording. Oh, right. So, this time, start the alarm and the recording. Got it. Good. Command deck at the ready. Hi, Captain. Captain. Yellow alert. Silence the alarm. Silence the... Thank you, comms. Captain's log of the UGFAP ship exercise. I have been informed of a serious problem. Science officer, report. Oh, right. Captain, radiation levels on the aft shielding are abnormally high. How far out of parameters are we, science? Several rads, Captain. Several rads. That could be anything. Lieutenant, let's check the aft shielding for damage. That's the most likely culprit. Aye, Captain. I hesitate to mention it, but... I may have a space ghost of my girlfriend haunting me from beyond the solar system. Perhaps she's coming to remind me to take out the garbage from beyond the veil. Let's rule the shielding thing out first. But if you start to feel pressure to propose or something, keep us updated. Aye, Captain. Comms. Send an engineering team to assess the situation and put security on alert. Aye, Captain. Is everything okay up here? Ah, we're in the middle of a log! Our comms officer friend here wants to make it look good for the folks back home. Oh, fun. You know, I did a bit of acting back in school on Earth. Oh, that's great! We are still rolling! Oh, uh, engineer! Aye, Captain. Liaise with the lieutenant here. We need a team to check on the aft shielding and prep the zero-pressure suits. Aye, Captain. Give it some more flavor. It's a good thing, too. That aft shielding is in a sorry state after all we've been through. It's a near-run thing just keeping it bolted on there. Uh, We'll get your shielding checked and back to full strength in a jiffy, but it'll be delicate. Just keep steady for as long as you can. I know I can count on you. Crew, 
We're facing uncertain odds today. There's no telling what might happen while the ship is under repair. I know I can count on this crew to hold fast, stay strong, and do what needs to be done. As we face the bleak darkness of space, this ship serves as the warm embrace of Earth. It is the piece of home that we carry with us into the great frontier. Today, we give back to that with our care, our skill, and perhaps our very lives. You have your orders, go to it! Aye, Aye Captain. Captain. Comms, close the log. Cut! We did it, everyone! Ooh. Ooh, that was fun. I had fun. Let's do that again next week. I bet there's some scary sounding stuff on that planet over there. Lieutenant, adjust course, comms. Turn the thing back on and let them know we'll keep it going. Yeah. Tune in next week for another thrilling adventure in the UGFAP. Dramatic music! And... and fitting, because here we are, at the end. And, friends, I've got to say, I'm... I'm sad to see it go. We had fun. We had fun. I had fun, at the very least, and I hope you did too. And, uh, we really appreciate, once again, all of you coming out to check out this live stream. And enjoy some strange, uh, ruminations from this old man. Now, we've got more coming up next month because we've got to celebrate our pandiversary! Ha <laughs> ha! Just wait, it'll make sense in a moment. Uh, but until next month, when I see you all in the chat once again, keep laughing and keep dreaming. From coast to coast and all the ships at sea, good night. Thank you all for joining us for Starlight Radio Dreams, a new year, new me, new catastrophe. Written, directed, and performed by Kat Evans, Jared McDerris, and Ansel Birch, featuring the vocal talents of Julia Kessler and Kim Fukawa. The Starlight Radio Dreams theme was written and performed by Arnie Parrott. Special thanks to Shore Incorporated for their generous support. Join us next month for another show full of fresh shorts, fresh music, and whatever it is Burlington brings to the equation. Until then, dreamers, keep laughing and keep dreaming. <laughs>